0: What is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the critics corner podcast weekly baseball recap edition i'm joined again by Luis, and we're going to be talking
1: about another week of baseball um Luis, how you how you doing doing well we're going around the bases this week you know very uneventful week not gonna lie you know doing uh looking at the the numbers and looking at ball this week it's a very uh there wasn't much to there wasn't much
0: to talk about. Great, great way to lead the podcast to keep the listeners engaged, guys. There
1: wasn't very much going on. So, well, come on! What really happened? The only thing that happened this week, really, like big notable, was like Miguel Cabrera hit three thousand. That was the
0: obviously the biggest story. You got the White Sox lost every single game they played. We got <laughs> we have expansion rumors. We have. I went to go see the Yankees in person. Obviously, we have. Um, our pushing P team of the weeks. KC just dropped their uh, City Connect uniforms. Byron Buxton dropping absolutely nuclear home runs to win games. Uh, yes, it was a light week, but we still have some things to talk about. Still going to be a good
1: podcast. Oh, 100% because you, we're, we're, it's both of us doing it. We, 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 we go in depth when it comes to baseball, we actually watch games. Yes. Like I literally had to sit through reds cardinals this weekend i don't and know why i don't know why you're still willingly watching the reds because there's because where i'm here
0: like look look here's here's my I know you have valley sports south whatever and you get the reds games no, i get valley sports ohio and tennessee yeah and i remember that and that made no sense to me because the Reds
1: are still far far away it's, it's it's only 400 miles chill man that's not far but like what i'm telling you is um I get the Reds, I get the Braves, I get whatever ESPN and TBS puts on, and then what other series do I get? And I get the Cardinals. Yeah. And then I do some other things I will not see on the podcast because I don't want to get, you know, yeah, I'm just not going to touch, you know, but, you know, I, I do f- have other ways of watching, you know, out-of-market games. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, if you want to know, you can just DM us, DM us and you know. Because you don't want to pay for MLB TV. No, it's not because of that. It's just like you know, I just have other. I do pay for MLB TV. Oh, you know, we just have other ways to pay for it. You know. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to know. I'm not even gonna ask. Hey man, it's it's. You've had one before. It's your best friend. Uh, hey, if they want to sponsor us, I don't want to shout them out because I'm not gonna give free clout or free promo to a company. But you know, if you know, you know. You know. Okay. Fair enough. You know, let's 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 talk. You know, I you know I know you last week went to go see the Yankees, and I mean, uh, Yankees Tigers. I want to get your listening and your talk about the Tigers this year and about the Yankees. And you know, we're going to start a weekly new segment since William is probably the biggest Yankee fan I've ever met and know. Even with uh, living in living with the Yanks up north, um, yeah, William's still one of the biggest Yankee fans. So yeah, we're going to do this uh, segment: State of the Yankees. So how, how was it?
0: Well, first of all, I would like to say I am one of the biggest Yankee fans that is not an asshole who throws beer and cans and trash at opposing outfielders. Um, what's up with that? We'll talk about that later, but what's up with that? What's up with the Yankees this week? Like on-field product?
1: No, just like the just those fans. Are those the bleacher creatures you call out? Because I remember when I went to Yankees Red Shire, I was like, yeah, don't sit with the bleacher creatures. Come yes. Um,
0: do not sit with the bleacher creatures, especially if you are – like if you're wearing an opposing team's apparel, just please stay away from them because I've heard nightmare stories and it, it's very unfortunate that these Yankee fans, I put uh, air quotes around fans. Um, they give the overall fan base such a bad rap because, you know, there's plenty of fans. Like I would like to consider myself, and the my other Yankee friends that are completely civilized human beings and are not going to be throwing trash at outfielders um, when they're at the games. So, yeah, these bleacher creatures give us all a bad rap because not all Yankee fans are like that. And whatever what happened on Saturday was very unfortunate. I feel bad for you know Stephen Kwan. Uh, I don't know what was said. We still don't know what was said. Uh, You'll
1: probably never know what exactly was said.
0: It it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you cannot just – you can't throw trash at at players on the field. That's just unacceptable. And I'm sure lines were crossed with what was said, um, and that's why Miles Straw kind of climbed into the – tried to climb into the stands and jaw back at them. Because there's – at any MLB game you go to, if you sit in the outfield – there will be trash talk amongst the fans and whoever's playing the outfield. It's just part of the sport, which it honestly makes it fun, you know, um, as long as it doesn't cross a line. And I think that's probably what happened on Saturday. And then the Yankees just, the fans made it very, very ugly. And you hate to see it. I don't know what else to say. Like, I can't defend that. That's pathetic. Everyone that, you know, they have video cameras and security. They should, everyone that threw stuff on the field should be banned from the stadium for life. They're not, Yankee fans, those are that's a barbaric move, you know. That's totally unacceptable, and I, it, ma- it makes me upset as a Yankee fan because gives us all a bad rep, and we're not all like that. There are good Yankee fans out there. I, I hope people realize that as well. So yeah, I was disappointed by that, but like you said, I was at the Yankees Tigers game on Tuesday. Which side note, there were a ton of Yankee fans there, and none of them threw debris on the field, um, and uh, the Yankees were able to get a win. It was absolutely freezing. It was uh, upper thirties, low forties. Garrett Cole had his shortest start in his career. 1.2 innings pitched, looked awful, tons of walks. Uh, But then again, he came back on Sunday the other day and had a great start against Cleveland who had an extremely hot offense. Um, So overall, like a good week for the Yankees. I don't know. What what do you think? I've been talking a lot here.
1: I mean, if if I'm bringing back my panic meter, Again, from last week, if you guys remember, I'm probably at a two. Yeah. you Y'all know, won the Tiger Series and I won the, and the the Guardian Series. So, like, it's a two. I mean, y'all just got to stack these wins up. I mean, keep doing it. Keep doing it. You know, what else can you say? The bullpen is, is firing on all cylinders, something that the hitting isn't doing. But, I mean, if your pitching can keep it up, I mean, then you're fine. I mean, just get reinforcements at the deadline or – even in September with those call-ups, you know, you can get one one rookie like Anthony Volpe, who – is he? Is Volpe close, right? 20 – Maybe this year, but most likely next. So, I, I'm just saying, like, if they, you guys get an injury pinch, I see Kinsner Favela is hitting very well back now. He's finally yeah.
0: – Yeah. He had a big double on Saturday to extend the game. Actually, that was to tie the game.
1: So yeah, I'm not I'm not worried. If if I were you, my panic level would be at a two. You know, keep stacking up those wins. You know, early on in the season, you got to stack them up before the injury bug hits. Uh, uh Giancarlo Stanton and uh, and Aaron Judge before they have their annual injuries, and they'll be all right. So I mean, panic meter two. They got the Orioles at at home tomorrow. Should be an easy series, and then they got the Royals. Another another trap. I mean, the Royals are trash, but you know, they still got really good hitting, but you know, should be an easy week in Yankee land might make my team of the week next week.
0: We didn't really have a tough week last week, although Cleveland is a good team. They were one of the top offenses heading into the weekend and we kind of shut them down. You know, the pitching has been elite. I would say Uh, one of the top bullpen ERAs Garrett Cole has been like our third best pitcher. You know, Nestor Cortez has been looking like the number one guy, um, He's been dealing and he's a lot My of fun. Guy. Huh? My guy, nasty Nestor. Yes, sir. Nasty Nestor. Offense finally kicked it into gear yesterday, uh, scored like 10 runs. So I'm not worried. Panic meter super low one or two. I just hope the offense can stay consistent. Um, and, you know, as the warm weather comes around, I think that we'll see more of that, you know, sitting there at the, through that game, which was like a four hour nine inning game on Tuesday against Detroit. Uh, it's like baseball is not meant to be played in that cold of weather. So can I kind of understand or maybe explain some of the struggles we've had offensively? Um, and then maybe Garrett Cole's struggle on, on Tuesday, but he, yeah, like I said, he had a great start on, uh, against the guardians on Sunday. So I'm not too worried, but kind of buried the lead here. Like we said, we both agree that the biggest story of the week was Miguel Cabrera picking up that 3000th hit on Saturday Afternoon in Detroit, packed house, beautiful day. Actually, this weekend was it's been the nicest two days we've had all year. It was like 75, 80 Saturday and Sunday, no clouds at all. Beautiful day. comerica was packed, got that 3000th hit uh, in his first at bat, I believe. um And he kind of entered rarefied area, you know, he's the 33rd member of the 3000th hit club. He is only the seventh player with 500 home runs and 3000 hits. And he is only Uh, He's one of three players all time to have a 300 or above career average, 3000 hits and 500 home runs. That list includes Miguel Cabrera, Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays. That's just an incredible list to be on. And I feel like he's kind of been a guy that's flown under the radar career wise. Like he doesn't seem to be in the, like we hear a lot more about poo holes even like guys like A-Rod that played through that generation that were huge stars, Jeter. We didn't really hear much about Miggy. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on Miguel, like, I guess, his career all-time standing type thing.
1: Uh, I'm going to be honest. I think he's one of the greatest – well, because, like, people forget that Miguel Cabrera played on the Marlins, and, like, he was really undershadowed, and I remember – In Detroit, he was one of the mainstays in that strong Detroit lineup with uh, with Jim Leland, Justin Verlander, just all those guys. They were a really good team. People forget how good he was. And I kind of think it's just a product of him not being in a baseball market, a strong baseball market. Like Detroit is a very good sports city, but not that big of a baseball market. And since they've kind of been like dormant since Dombrowski has pretty much just, annihilated the roster when they went for the world series like he doesn't get enough credit and like people forget he was just like equally like i don't want to say equally as good but he was like still a damn good ball player when he was with the marlins and people forget like man this guy it's not just that he did it with detroit it was like he was doing it in miami and looking back at that trade it's kind of kind of one of the most lopsided trades in mlb history and i'm going to read it out to you it's it was a. Miguel Cabrera and Doncho Willis, who at the time, Doncho Willis was just gas, just straight cheddar. You know, sometimes, you know, trades don't happen when it's just change of environments. But, you know, still at that time, D-Train was a mainstay. They were tra- he was they were traded for Cameron Maben,
0: who, like
1: who at that point was a top prospect, but you never really panned out, became an outfield journeyman. Yeah. Is he still playing in the league?
0: No, he's actually on Yes Network. He's one of our Yankee announcers this year. Oh, that's nice.
1: Uh, Cameron Maben. One
0: fact about Cameron Maben, we actually had the same hitting coach, Charlie Lau, Jr. Uh so, yeah. to that.
1: And then you got Andrew Miller. And Andrew Miller at the time, I remember he was a very, very, like, touted uh, prospect to become a starting pitcher. But injuries caught up to him, and he just became a pen arm, bounced around the league. I remember he was on the Cardinals. He was – he was, he
0: was on the really there for a stretch. He was in that uh, we called it like run DMC Yankees bullpen with Dylan Betances, Andrew Miller, and and Aruldis Chapman. Like he had some really good peak years as like one of the top bullpen guys in the league, but not for <laughs> Miami though.
1: And he was on the Guardians because Miami wanted to make him. Miami wanted to make him a starter. Right, Mike, Mike Rabello, catcher, and minor league pitchers. Ulo Ulojio de de la Cruz and Dallas. Uh, Hearn and Burke Badenhop, Badenhop, who, yeah, that uh, that is definitely very, very lopsided, very, very lopsided. But I mean, I'm telling you, like, what he did is something ridiculous. They had, think about those, nobody talks about the Tigers teams he was on, and he was like on a stacked Tigers team. Maglio Ordonez, Gary Sheffield, Ivan Pudge Rodriguez, Curtis Granderson. Placido Polanco and Edgar Renseria. Like, you're talking about a Hall of Fame lineup. Like Didn't they have Ian Kinsler too? Yeah, but he was like on the back end. Him and uh, Nick Castellanos, they were on like the back end. But that's like Maglio, Gary, Ivan, and Grandy with Placido Polanco and Edgar Renseria. Like, all those guys were all-stars at one point in their career. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, think about it. Pred-
0: oh, they were loaded. They had Scherzer and Verlander in their starting rotation. And unfortunately, they never won the World Series. They, they made it in uh, 2012, also 2006. And then they made it pretty close. I think they lost 4 uh, 2 in the ALCS to Boston in 13. Like, they, they were really good.
1: They beat the Yankees, too. And yeah. the whole A Raw talking to the girl in Detroit gate. or was it in New York? Uh, I can't remember. I, rem- I remember he was flirting with a girl behind the dugout, and I was like, oh, boy, this dude did not give one fuck about the game. They, were, getting, they, were, they were losing, like, 2-0. Like, still, like, a very, like, tight game. This man was just, like, walking and flirting. Like, New York media absolutely killed him. And, let's not, and let's not forget about Miggy Cabrera. He is a
0: World Series champion. Yep. Let me let, – I want to read his resume, okay? Because I, I did this this afternoon. I deeped over It's going to be a lot of stats, but for his career, he's a 310 average, a 387 OBP, 532 slugging. Like I said, he's at 502 home runs, 1,809 RBIs, which is 22nd all-time, 3,002 hits. He's played 20 years, um, and then he has a year guaranteed left on his contract. He's 39 years old. Probably next year will be his last season. And So he's played 20 years. He's made 11 All-Star games two-time MVP in 2012 and 2013. He's finished top five in MVP, MVP voting seven times. So basically, you know, if you're top five in MVP voting, you're one of the best players in the league. He's done that seven times. He won the triple crown once in, in 2012, and it's only been done 12 times in history amongst hitters. And this was the first time anyone had done it uh, since 1967. So really the first modern era player ever to, do, to hit the Triple Crown. I don't know if it'll ever be done again. I think Vlad was relatively close last year, actually. Uh, like you said, 2003 World Series champion.
1: I th- hey, um, to stop you there, I think it can happen again. But that's a whole discussion for another pod. Average is the tough part. Yeah, and- yeah, but I think there's still, like, good enough hitters. I think, like, Vlad can do it. But, like I said, that's a whole discussion. We're not going to go with
0: I could see Soto doing it.
1: Yeah. And I'll lead into the, my next point. I want to wait,
0: talk wait, I'm i still reading. I know. I know that's going to be my next point. Okay. Seven times silver slugger, four times winning the batting title, which is best average. She did it three straight years, four time OBP leader, two times slugging leader, two time home run leader, 37 and 08, 44 and 12, two time RBI leader, two times double leader. Uh, one time games played leader with 161. He's played over 150 plus games. 11 times and on top of that he will make 393 million dollars simply playing the game of baseball and then if you want to take it one step further i think his 2012 2013 run is just unbelievable uh his two mvp seasons so i'll go through these as well in 2012 Miguel Cabrera obviously won the MVP. He played 161 games, which led the league. He had a 330 average, which led the league. 40 home runs, which led the league, or 44 home runs, which led the league. 193 RBIs led the league. That's the triple crown. Led the league in slugging with a 606. Led the league in OPS, 999. Led the league in total bases, 377. Led the league, or second in offensive war, 7.7. Behind Trout's, 8.7. Tigers got swept in the World Series by the Giants. Then he followed that up the next season, 2013 MVP, 148 games played, 348 average, which is unbelievable, almost at 350. That led the league. So he led the league in average two straight years, 44 home runs, which was second only behind Chris Davis, who had 53. That guy fell off a cliff. Bro,
1: that's what I was going to say. That was a total anomaly. If you take out Chris Davis's like one amazing year, like just just finish out and, and people will realize like how iconic the season was yeah.
0: 137 rbis second behind by one only lost by one to chris davis 442 ovp led the league 636 slugging led the league 1.087 ops led the league 190 ops plus led the league 353 total bases second to chris davis's 370 9.1 offensive war second behind mike trout of a 10.1 tigers lost 4-2 in the alcs to boston with david ortiz's famous grand slam to right field in boston but man though that the run of those two seasons is unbelievable i don't know i mean We could see something like that again, but geez basically led the league in every major offensive category for
1: two straight years. And and, and I was going to say, he's a true professional. True professional. When was the last time we heard a scandal about Cabrera? Not once. When when did Cabrera ever get hurt? I think he had like a couple years when he got older, but that's it. True professional. That's what I'm saying. Like, what player, like, just like, you don't see that in day and age where you see a guy who's just – Blue collar about his craft gets it done. Like I don't understand why he's not getting loved more. Like yeah, ultimate professional. Like if it were a rod, people would have hated the shit out of it. Which I mean, for for good reason. But like, if the baseball ballot, like the writers' association, bro, they must be creaming themselves because this is what they love—a yeah. guy who doesn't talk, doesn't like I don't want to say doesn't talk, but like just goes in, hits balls, and goes goes ho. I
0: think he's a guy that never has tried to do too much with this swing, you know, not afraid to go the other way. He's got a nice short compact swing, which somehow translates to home runs and RBIs as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, and he's a great guy. Like he has fun with the game. He never takes himself way too seriously. You can always see him joking around with guys on first base, always laughing. Like for example, um, the Tigers had first and second in the game I was at Cole walked the guy to go to make the bases loaded. And as Miguel Cabrera was going from second to third, Josh Donaldson, who was playing third base was walking to the mound. Cause they were having a mound conference and Miguel <laughs> Cabrera. I swear Miguel Cabrera rears back with his right hand and slaps the ever loving shit out of Josh Donaldson's ass. Like he just, it was funny because he's just a goofy guy. He does shit like that. You see it all the time. He's been one of my favorite players to watch growing up. Um, Except for that 2003 World Series where they beat the Yankees, not fond memories there. But just a like you said, a consummate pro, professional hitter, one of the best hitters of all time. And I thought looking like looking through his resume this afternoon, Jesus, um, this guy's first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt.
1: No the doubt. only thing he doesn't have is a Gold Glove. That's the only thing. Not, not I, the best fielder of all time. But 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 like. He was going in an air with like with like very good like gold glovers. Like if you look at like the air he went up, because he 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 went up uh with like and he was uh whatchamacallit, he was a first baseman and a third baseman. And like looking it up, like if outfield
0: like, in a little bit too in, in Florida when he was uh early in his career. But
1: like let's let's look at the gold glovers that were in his position like from 2004 on. Like, all right, here we go. First baseman was Darren. Er- uh, he was in the in two thousand and four. He was in the NL. Yeah, so,
0: he was Florida. He played most of his games in left field or right field.
1: Well, he was played third baseman. He was going up against Scott Rowland. No, in two, in- I'm looking at it right now. In two thousand
0: and four, he played right field for hundred games and left field for fifty nine. So
1: he was going up against G- Jim Edmonds, Steve Finley, and Andrew Jones.
0: Yeah, those are some of the best defensive outfielders ever.
1: In t- 2005, outfielders, Jim Edmonds, Bobby Abreu, Andrew Jones. Third baseman, Mike La- uh, Mike Lowell. And then hey, first baseman, Derek Lee. Derek was, Lee was a beast. 06
0: 6 that- is when he started to move to third base. Uh, Rose, Scott, I mean, when, he came, when he came to Detroit in 5 is when he started playing first. So and wait, he had a couple seasons at third too. So he kind of flip flopped between those. So two. So wait, when did he go from
1: Detroit to
0: Miami? Uh, his first season in Detroit was two thousand eight.
1: All right, so so from two thousand six when he went to third base, Scott Rowland, two thousand seven, David Wright, and then in two thousand eight he went back to he and was he first or third? He played first for one hundred forty three. Carlos Peña.
0: Okay, and then 09, he was first base for 153 in the American League, obviously. Big Tex, Mark Teixeira. Great player. Tw- 2010, first base. Mark Teixeira. 2011, first base. Adrian Gonzalez. 2012, third base. Uh, Adrian Beltre. <laughs> oh, I love Adrian Beltre. Third base uh, in 2013.
1: Manny Machado.
0: Yeah, who's just an absolute stud. Uh, first base, 14. Eric Hosmer and now we're kind of getting past his prime but first base 107
1: Eric Hosmer then Mitch Moreland then um Eric Hosmer then Matt Olson like he wasn't winning a gold glove and it's not
0: like he he wasn't a good defensive player like he's got a 993 all-time uh fielding infield fielding percentage uh oh no his fielding percentage is 994 so that's that's pretty damn good how many errors does he have in his career? Let's see. He's only committed 62 errors. That's that's
1: um, not many.
0: The most he ever had in a, in a season was 07. And that was a so switch when he had he was in, at third base in Florida with 33 error. No, 23 errors. That was the most he ever had. That's a lot, but third base is also risky. Really, <laughs>
1: That's the hardest position
0: or second hardest position.
1: That's when he switched. So, you if you take that out, it's pretty much eventfully nothing. So,
0: yeah, this guy is. I mean, I would be stunned if he's anything but a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? So then, so then, my question is, who gets three thousand next? So that's kind of the where we wanted to go with this because
1: I wanted to touch on that right now and. The closest guys we got is Cano 2629, uh, 2, but he's like 40.
0: And he's not getting it. He's only playing like half time anyway. Yeah.
1: Yadi 2115. Uh, he's not getting it. He's retiring. And Joey Vados 2033. And he's in a fucking slump and he's 38.
0: Like Those are like, the only three guys that are active that have above 2000 home run or 2000 hits, not including Miguel Cabrera and Albert Puels.
1: You know who will get it, in my opinion? Who? Uh, Freddie Freeman.
0: So if you look at Freddie Freeman, he is 32 and has 1,720 hits. This Fangraphs guy gives him a 28% chance of getting 3,000.
1: He has to essentially hit – I did the math. He has to hit 170. So I'm doing it off of his contract because he signed a seven-year deal. So if you do 70 times – 7, 170 times 7, that's 1,190. But that's for like seven years in LA. Okay. And, that's, and that's difficult because he's hitting in bigger parts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think
0: it's important to note that, you know, the hit is kind of a dying breed. Um, last year, for example, there were few, there were 5,843 fewer hits than there were in 1999. As a league, and as a whole, that was the year. Nineteen ninety nine was the year that uh, Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs joined the three thousand hit club. Over the past two decades, we've seen a ten percent decrease in hits, a thirty percent increase in strikeouts, and a twenty point drop in batting averages. So far this season, the league average batting, or the the league's batting average, is two thirty, which would be the lowest ever. That's seven points lower than nineteen sixty eight. Which was deemed the year of the pitcher and led to the lowering of the pitching mound. So, I mean,
1: it, it is what it is. I mean, what it's whatever. I mean,
0: I'm just saying, like, you have to take into account the fact oh, that 100%, 100%. Strikeouts are up, hits are way down. We're seeing, you know, the last 15 years have been the league's highest strikeout rate year after year after year. Um, and on top of that, you have shifts, which make it even more hard even harder for guys to get hits. It's like, it's harder than it's ever been to get a hit. I like, I have a hard time seeing anybody right now getting 3000. I could see like Juan Soto.
1: Yeah.
0: Who's Juan Soto is like 20. He's 23. And he almost has, he's two away from 500. He, he so they're giving him an 18% chance. The guy that this fan guy gives the best chance is uh, actually Jose Altuve, who is. <laughs> Yeah, he's 31. He has 1,783 hits. He, stop, stop, stop.
1: he, doesn't, he doesn't have the buzzer. So we're not... We
0: seven more years of averaging 175 hits per season to get there.
1: He doesn't have a buzzer. So he's fucked. He's fucked. He doesn't have the buzzer. He doesn't have a trash can.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So screw, screw him. And I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to get some new benchmarks. Not like new benchmarks for like... Not like we're adjusting, but like for the modern day players. Because like we're going to have some like enormous amount of strikeout guys like we're gonna have guys
0: that like pitching the four thousand strikeout club there'll be a a ton of new guys in that club there's only like four guys all time in that right now uh hit it hitters will have the guy that struck out the most in his career all time whatever joey gallo is a sure lock to get that um actually i'm gonna look that up hitter with most strikeouts all time miss davis Oh, no, Chris Davis, it could be him. Uh, he he fell off a cliff. So actually, know. you'd be surprised. You would be surprised when I um, tell it's you.
1: Probably, it's probably somebody like good, like Pete Rose,
0: because they played no, for no, 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 no. Pete Rose did play forever, but he didn't strike out very much. First is actually Reggie Jackson, two thousand five hundred and ninety-seven strikeouts. Second, Jim Tomy with twenty-five hundred forty-eight
1: played for ages though
0: yeah the, the top active player um chris davis is 17th with 1852 uh nelson cruz 26th with 1765 jean carlos stanton is 48th with 1581
1: uh, where's the judge he's gonna be up there because he swings at anything that breaks below the zone
0: so yeah judge isn't on this list yet but he, he will be um, I, the only thing about Judge is he's already 30, like, 30, 31 years old, so... I, a woman, but I mean, it is what it is. So Judge all-time has 748 strikeouts, and then let's do what Gallo. Gallo has to have an ungodly amount. Gallo has 907, so eh, he's getting close. Paul Goldschmidt's on that list, McCutcheon. Um... McCutcheon can get 2K if he plays like two or three years more, but he's old. McCutcheon's at 1,431. He won't get there. I thought he was older, but,
1: you know, we're going to move on. Wait, wait, wait.
0: wait. I want another record that I think could be broken is the all-time walk leader. Um, Barry Bonds had 2,558 walks, which is first. Second is Ricky Henderson, 2,190. Most active was Pujols. Votto, Carlos Santana. Actually, never mind. That won't be broken. That's pretty unbreakable. He only
1: plays on lefties. He's like oh. – they were talking about him getting 700 because he's at 681. He would, He needs 19 more to get two holes to get oh. 700. But, like, he only plays, like, half the schedule because he only plays on lefty DH. Are you talking about home runs? Yeah, homers.
0: Yeah, how many more does he need? 19. 19?
1: Yes. If he just plays this season, I don't think he'll get it. No, I mean, he's going to be short. He'll probably get up to 690, 695, but I think he'll be short. He needs to hit 20. A-Rod missed it by like
0: three, I think.
1: four. He has 696. You
0: know, I think that's something that keeps him up at night. Of course it does. That's
1: why he needs to go do K-Rod. Yeah, they didn't have it last night, man. I was disappointed. Disappointed. Just like how we'll talk about. Apple TV later because I have a a little spiel about them. But okay. Now we gotta talk about my White Sox. Sox. I'm a Tim Anderson fan. I gotta root for TA. (laughs) I gotta root for my guy seven. He's leading he's leading the team an average. Wait, wait, wait. We got a preference. They've been bad.
0: They've been bad. They got swept for the entire week, lost three to Cleveland, three to Minnesota, outscored 36 to 12 over the entire week. They're six and nine and second in the AL Central, a game and a half back in Minnesota. Okay, what were you going to say?
1: They're they're not bad. They're just going through their little injury bug. Like, you know, (laughs) they'll be all right. I mean, they're still in a weak division. My panic meter's at a four or five. You know, we got – you know, they're they're okay. I mean, they're 26 in runs, 25th in hits they probably the worst team defensively because they're pre- pretty much putting out defensive ends and linebackers out in the field. They're That's horrible cool. defensively, which is something you need come playoff time, in my opinion. But they can, They're can they fine. Reduce string training. They're 27th in RBIs, 24th in average, 29th in OBP. Just wait till it heats up like the Yankees. Tim Anderson, great hitter. He's all right. He'll get it together. Thoughts it on him to- flipping off the crowd in Cleveland. Did he take a page out of Kyrie Irving's book? Of course, man. That's my boy T.A., man. T, T, T.A. is cool, man. You you need to like everybody needs to realize T A is one of the most underrated hitters in all of baseball. One of the most underrated players in all of baseball, and I'm not going to um, give you why, but he's one of the most underrated. He should be an all star year in and year out. Seven is that good? Well, who's who, there's a lot of good shortstops out there. Who? who okay, tell me who's better than T A seven, please.
0: At short, yes. I mean Correa.
1: I'm still taking set. I'm still taking T A over him. Better hitter. Really? Yes. Um, Isaiah Kiner for life. <laughs> Shut up. What I'm about so- uh, what about Tatis? Is he full time outfielder now? Well, we don't know what he's playing because we we got he hasn't played this year. He's been crashing. He's Lind- been
0: crashing bikes. Lindor, when he's on, I would take over Anderson.
1: Lindor, yes, when he's on. But all and, right, he's uh, having oh, a okay, resurgent cool. year. He's having a resurgent year, and we'll talk about him later. Cool. Uh,
0: Brandon, I would take Wander Franco over Tim Anderson any day of the week.
1: Oh, my God. Are we on this Wander Franco? Are we on Wander Franco what about
0: Brandon? What about Brandon Crawford? Guy plays elite defense, and he had a great year offensively last year. One year. I'm still taking PA. Okay, I'll take Lindor, Tatis. Uh, what about Bogarts?
1: You, you're, you're a Bogarts lover. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll take xi well, I don't know. X is good, but X-Man's good, but I don't know if he – Oh, oh, oh. What about your, your guy, the guy you're in love with? Talk really? about him. You want to put him in every single team of the week. Trey Turner. You have an affection for Trey Turner. I'll shut up now. <laughs> what about Seager? I like Seager, but you know he left the
0: Dodgers. Okay, so I just named like eight shortstops better than Tim Anderson. You, you named about three. that I t- Okay.
1: But, but, I like Tim Anderson too, but he's not. He's in like the second tier of shortstops. No, he's not. No, he's he's not. an he's elite. He's an all-star player. I mean. Okay. But back on the White Sox, I mean, how are you feeling about them? Uh, their bullpen's 13th in ERA and 20th. Starting pitching's 20th in ERA with an ERA of over four. 24th in whip. Their I.L. is looking mad deep. That's what I'm nervous about. They're fine.
0: I- I'm, I'm, I'm nervous because they have a lot of guys that are built like football players, like the Yankees. They're, just, they're built just like the Yankees. A ton of power guy. although they have Tim Anderson –
1: um, hey, wait, wait, which would be wait, wait. like
0: the equivalent of a dj lemay who like
1: average type hitter like we hit for got, average type guy They got him they got jose abreu who's a good hitter he's like, hitting like 200 well it's it's a slump people oh, slump you understand it's it's baseball Luis robert he's good he's day-to-day
0: right now he didn't play all weekend so like yeah if we look at their injured list they got elo jimenez who just popped a hammy he's out six to eight weeks Yoan Moncada, Luis Robert.
1: They say six to eight weeks, but that man got stretched like if he had
0: a concussion or some shit. Yeah, he's probably going to be out for three months. Um, Joe Kelly, Lance Lynn's out, Garrett Crochet out for season, Yerman, our boy Yerman Mercedes on the injured list. Yerman has a – did, did Yerman make the major league roster this year? I don't think so. No, no. Then, like you look at the, the rotation, which has been okay. That you know, Giolito's got a 1 1 3 and two starts. I've, I've said it. I've been really good.
1: I've said it for the start of the year. I've texted this in our, in our, in our MLB group chat. I've said it. Um, them trying to trade for Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas just shows you how like their belief in their starting rotation. But I don't think it's that bad. But they're,
0: I think they're really feeling the loss of Carlos Rodon, who's kicked on in San Francisco the way he was last year. I feel like they're almost a starter short. Yeah, but that's why they tried to trade for one. I know. And then I th- they still can at the deadline, whoever becomes available. I mean, uh, They're okay. Did you see Keuchel start on Wednesday? I just want to say it. One inning pitched. Uh, yeah, I did runs, not like Ten that. runs, seven earned runs, which ten runs, seven earned runs tells you, that, tells you that there were some errors in there, which kind of goes off the they're terrible on defense thing. Uh, that he gave up a walk in a home run. Hey, they lost eleven to one to the Guardians.
1: I mean, they're they're, they're I mean they're they're minus one seventy. You, you talk
0: yes. So they're well, minus one seventy on DraftKings to win the division. They were minus one ninety five in the preseason. Slight line movement there. The Twins are plus three eighty. Who I would, we we both aren't very high on the Twins. Guardians plus seven hundred. Tigers I, plus thousand. If there's if there's value on any team on that list, I would actually say it's the Tigers at plus one thousand.
1: I disagree. I'd put money on the Guardians. Like I, I still think, like if I'm betting to make money, I'm putting money on the Guardians. If I'm betting on like what I think is gonna happen, I think the White Sox still win the division. But there's so much value with the Guardians at plus seven hundred, and they have good pitching and they've been hitting really well. That I mean, all it just takes is like if they play well this week and next week, like they just need one or two good weeks, and they can put build a small um. Not, I don't want to say a large enough lead, but they can build a good amount lead that the White sox, yeah, they can get on fire, but then at the end of the day we'll look back at like there's always like that always happens in divisions yeah but there's about, like one or two weeks like that kind of just write your season and I mean for the Yankees, like we talked about oh how terrible they were to start out the year last year, but then like they had that amazing month in August and September yep. that I mean we could just be like, all right, you know that kind of made their season. so I think that's what I'm telling about the so. I I I think every game counts
0: because you know the Yankees won, made the playoffs by a single game last year. Like every game matters, might not feel like it, but they do. And I still think the White Sox will win the division. They're they have the most talent out of anybody in this in this weak division. I must note, I do like your Guardians pick, like they're hitting really well. That's the question is can they sustain that because they have a really good rotation already. But I guess my concern for this White Sox team is not about the division; it's about winning the World Series, which is what they want to do, or or just come out of the American League. I feel like they're a step back from what they were last season. I think they're okay. They'll make moves. I mean, but do you think they're going to come out of the American? You wouldn't pick that. I don't think anybody's picking them to win the American League. Nobody's thinking about them because the American League winner is going to come out of the
1: East. You could you you know we we say that now, but we don't know. I mean, it's no, it is. It's just like think about it. The East is gonna have probably more than likely, in my opinion, they're gonna have four playoff teams. You think four? Yes. After what you've seen from Boston this year? Yes. I think I think Boston will still make it. Okay. They need to get Chris Sale back, ASAP. It doesn't matter if they get Sale back, they'll trade for somebody. They'll be somebody like the Reds will give them like Luis Castillo or Tyler Malley. And yeah, the-
0: Lord knows the Rays are going or the Reds are gonna be playing their double A team by August. They'll be playing single A like travel
1: team contract
0: shit you might be able they to go be playing guys that they draft in this year's draft
1: by um, yeah um, uh, yeah that's what i'm saying the, the, the red sox will get something i think they'll be four so i just think i just think like the AL east will just cannibalize each other but then they'll that's be so, right. but they'll be so good out of the vision that they're just gonna mop ship like i don't
0: okay
1: because i just like we're this is something i wanted to talk about and we'll touch on it quick like, go look at the other divisions, and like, Houston isn't playing well, they're getting hit by the injury bug. The Angels are okay, they don't scare me as an AL East fan. No, no. Uh, Mariners, like, yeah, they're hitting out of the wazoo, but the AL East still has amazing pitching other than Boston and Toronto. But I still would trust them to outscore them. And then, who else? You're talking about the Central. Like the central just got annihilated by the Yankees this yeah, week. The division's pretty bad. The, the division's bad. So like if I am am I worried? No. Fuck no. Absolutely not. Like if you're worried from a, if you're an AL East fan, you say? If you're an AL East fan, I'm not worried. I think they'll have four playoff teams. I think they're okay. Like the White Sox fans, like, yeah, you'll win division, but you're probably gonna get your shit kicked in by one of the four. Probably. And ultimately it comes down to pitching in the playoffs. Of course. But I mean when you play a team like the Jays, the Jays are going to outscore you. That too. And Red Sox are just going to outscore
0: you. The, the, the East has the best pitching rotations in the
1: American League. They have the best teams. Yes. Which, we, don't, we don't need to get deep into it, but they just have the best teams. And I think that's very evident after two weeks. And we'll touch on about it in a, in a future episode. Yes, 100%. All right, Push and P? No, actually – I'm just going to go with some quick hitters of the week. Oh, right. So I'll, I'll go quick hitters. Uh, Monday, last Monday, we had Freddie Freeman get a revenge home run. Pretty unsurprised. First at bat against the Braves, opposite yeah. field homer. Mets stay hot, take the doubleheader on Tuesday against San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Dodgers won the series against the Braves. Uh, Shohei Otani had a near perfect start on Wednesday. Uh, Friday night, nothing really much happened Thursday. Kyle Wright had a great start. Miami actually had a really good week, and I mean, that will be something we'll talk about in a future episode. Miami, yeah, they went 50 50 but on the week, but they had a really nice week. They, they they could be there could be something brewing out there for Don Madden,
0: like we said. They have a great rotation, but they don't get offensive run support at all.
1: A very Yankee like hitting. Sorry that we keep a trip in, but they just have power. Like obviously, Saliok is, isn't hitting well, and Jesus Aguilar isn't hitting well, but. That's another episode topic. Um, pirates got annihilated. Can't blame them. Rays lose. Wait, another- no, 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 They lost
0: 21-0 on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Which do you think the that kind of
0: raises a question in my head is do you think the MLB should institute some kind of run rule
1: mercy? No. Rule? That's some little league bullshit. That's Bush League. Okay. What are you talking about? If you get your shit kicked in, get twenty-seven outs. Don't, don't, don't th- 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 when, when you're in war. If he's <laughs> fucking <East laughs> war you're in war are you asking for the other country to leave or to just let you guys free no they're gonna kick your shit is Ukraine asking Russia hey leave no they're just they're fighting back you have to get 27 outs it's baseball it's like a life nobody's gonna fucking hold your hand
0: okay yeah and it, it wouldn't be fair for the fans that paid money to watch a 9 inning game either
1: yeah, no, fuck no. It's just a question. It's just a question. Well, shut up. Just stop it. Okay. Rays lost a no-hitter, and they came back to win?
0: Well, they had a no-hitter through nine, but it was zero zero, And then they lost in extra innings. Or no, they won in extra innings, but they gave up a hit. That's poverty. That's, that's a pushing P candidate. We didn't give it to them. But, but they, they won. They won. <laughs> they won, and they did throw a no-hitter. Again, it was in front of... Zero fans at the Trop, a team that's trying to relocate.
1: They're trying to go back to Montreal.
0: Yep, they got to get them out of Tampa, man. Well, and we'll, you
1: know, we'll, we'll talk I, about that. We'll talk about that after we get through this. Trust me. Why? We'll just okay. wait a second. Okay. Sunday, Buxton hits some bombs. Four oh,
0: Okay, yeah. I have a crazy Buxton stat. Do you want me to read it now or when we in yeah, team? now. Okay. So Jeff Passon tweeted this out this morning. Since 2019, the Minnesota Twins are 124 and 73, 101 win pace with a plus, 300, uh, with a plus 233 run differential when Byron Buxton plays. In the, 2000, or, in the 203 games that he has not played, the Twins are 94 and 109, a 75 win pace, and a minus 97 run differential. In his last 162 games, Byron Buxton has 8.4 WAR.
1: Maybe it's unreal.
0: I've never maybe, seen one player have that
1: much of an impact on winning in baseball. Cuz I'm telling you, maybe he should just play for the Timberwolves. Him and protests. They just they just contribute to wins in Minnesota. I think that's yeah, and atrocious officiating, but I mean that's that's a topic for for another podcast, but just wins are attributed to Buxton and protest. In Minnesota.
0: Yep. Fair enough. I can't argue that. Uh, Buck's an MVP candidate if he can finally put a healthy year together.
1: Yeah, He might get another lightning card and then we'll be the show, and I will be so happy because his card that year was straight money.
0: Yeah, it was. It was.
1: Angel Hernandez had beef with the Phillies.
0: <laughs> that was he holy. had beef with the Phillies. He had beef with both teams. He's a horrible umpire.
1: Hey, he's blind, man. <laughs> he's freaking blind, man. R- Robo-umps? Are you, are you pro-robo-umps? Oh no, fuck no. Why? Because it takes away from the game. You know it's gonna happen though, right? A hundred percent it will. But like I mean, I like I don't want like robo umps to be like because like the way I think about it is like this. Here's my analogy. Let me ask you a question. When you're driving up in and like in the eight, on eight mile in Detroit, are you are you going speed limit at exactly forty and eight mile? No. Exactly, you're going like 41, 42, 38, 39, correct? Sure. All right. So if we put robo umps, we're literally going to like pigeonhole ourselves to like a square. And I understand it's a square that needs to be hit, but like I kind of like the nuances of like a ball being on the edge. Obviously, if the ball's like an inch or two. Off like two or three inches off—that's awful. But maybe like an inch off is okay. You know what I mean? And we're gonna miss so like like so exact now. Mm-hmm.
0: You mean how like when, for example, a pitcher will be set up inside the catch, the guy throws a slider outside. That the way the guy catches it, while technically it was in the square, the way the guy catches it, like falling over or whatever, or even or even calls it a ball that would still be called a strike with robo arms when in reality. It's it's a ball in considering
1: the way the catcher caught it. Because It's the pitch framing, yeah. Which pitch framing it gets by, and then also just like how a way of pitch is thrown, like if it's like I do, I wouldn't mind if a slider's like bleeding right outside to get called a strike. Now, if it's like way, like I don't want to say way off, but when it's like off and then gets called a strike, like we saw last night with Angel Hernandez, like I understand you do have beef. And I understand robo ups. Oh, Robo arms are just going to make it too exact. They're going to make pitches want to be right in the zone. Okay. they have to be like a nuances. And that's like my whole thing. Like it's okay to drive 41, 42 on, on like the interstate and you know, like the ink mile. But like if you're driving like 50, you should get pulled over for a ticket. You should have some leeway, you know?
0: Fair. I haven't I haven't made my opinion yet on Robo arms. I'm still thinking about it. And I would have to see how it's implemented, I guess.
1: Because that would take away a lot of jobs. Potential. I know I know but it's just like you just take away the nuances what's beautiful in the game. I know and- I I agree. We so we need to have the human element
0: in, at some point in some parts of the game too still. So yeah, I agree with that too. I can see both sides of this argument. They should just add the challenge pitches like they do in basketball. Like you know god, if they if they challenge pitches though, that would go on forever. No, you get 3 pitches to
1: challenge per game. Okay. I could like you get, through, it's like it's like an MBA. You get one challenge per game, and you just have to strategically use like when you're challenged. Like in baseball, you get two. Let's say two threes. I think is too much, but two. Say you have bases loaded, three two count, and you think it's a ball, and it gets called a strike. You want to use it.
0: So when they challenge, would they go to that block like the the the?
1: Uh, They'd go to the like, cast or whatever, just uh-huh. to like review it and just and then and it'd be a really quick process.
0: Yeah, like the guy would just look at his iPad or whatever
1: and they'd show the strike zone and if it was a striker ball and then boom. Exactly. exactly or instead of just like because I mean then like if you're a manager you shouldn't be able to use like you're not going to use like when it's like two outs 3-2 count or 0-2 count you're not going to use it. You're going to have to use it strategically. Yeah. So. Right. I can see that. That's a good idea. Maybe maybe Manfred should hire me, but the dude's such such a big fuckhead that he won't hire me. Well, now he's definitely not going to hire you. So. so now we got injuries of the week. Oh, uh, we got of the week. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a list, you know, we got to talk about it. I'm a, I'm a injuries to of the week. Uh, Eloy Jimenez has a major hamstring shame. We talked about that. <laughs> he was pretty much out on the field, just getting stretchered off, like if he got his head decapitated in an NFL game. <laughs> like he was out. Luke Voigt and Tyler Stevenson both got placed in the IL after their scuffle at home plate. Yeah. Uh, I think Voigt Bo- is at fault. <laughs> Dude fucking needs Stevenson. <laughs> yeah. Um I, don't know, I mean he slid. Stevenson dove head first at him, which was not pretty. You know who we you know what would have happened? We need fucking Adrian Brzezinski. Because if Adrian Brzezinski or Michael Barrett was back there catching, they would have beat the shit out of him. Man, I
0: miss I honestly miss the days where the runners could just annihilate the catchers. <laughs> like I miss that shit. I miss the big collisions at the plate. It was fun as a
1: fan. I miss Adrian Brzezinski and Michael Barrett because they would just knock the shit out of guys. (laughs) Like they
0: I I like. Obviously, you know, catchers can get blindsided, but sometimes the catchers would catch the ball and truck the guy. Yeah.
1: Get Buster posied. (laughs) Yeah,
0: man. I don't know. Kind of miss that aspect, but I understand the whole player safety
1: part as well. Like that's (laughs) But Buster Posey, Buster Posey broke his leg. First off, just blame the Giants for having him at catcher. Like he's the number one player in your whole franchise, and you're going to put him at catcher, the shortest lifespan of all positions, like the running back of baseball.
0: Yeah, that's very true. That's why they moved him to first base at the end of his career. Same thing with Joe Mauer. After how many years of being, uh, it was too late when they eventually did. Yeah, it's like
1: the same thing with Joe Mauer, but I think Joe Mauer did it earlier. He did. Um. Now the next injury we got. San Francisco has a little injury bug. Uh, Tyler Wade is on the. In- no, Lamont Wade is on the injury list. Uh, a couple pitchers, Anthony Discoli,ani is on the injury list. They got a uh, Mike Yast- Mike uh, Mike is on the COVID IL COVID. They're still testing. Which, that's another opinion. Yeah. John Means is out for the year with TJ, Tommy John. That sucks. Oh, oh yeah. G- good, good pushing P. Good, good, great. It's going to sound fucked, but great for the Orioles. Yeah, great for the Orioles taking efforts, because they clearly are. Poor John Means, man. He's an unsung hero out there. Yeah, he is. Uh, Jose Altuve, hamstring strain, started doing some work this week. He's on the I.L. Ryan Presley's on the IL still with knee inflammation. He's been having a good season closing. Acuna, Ronald Acuna is being pinpointed for the May sixth return. So that should be next weekend. end. Uh,
0: Max Meyer struck him out. The top Marlins pitching prospect struck him out.
1: I'm not surprised. He's a freaking professional baseball player. What do you expect? You expect him to like just be like, hey, hit a home run, you know? They're playing for mm-hmm. You the know, they got pitching and they got pitching in the minors too. So they're planning to get up. So, see, uh, Jacob DeGrom's gonna have an MRI today, according to the buck show. Walter, he says if it goes well, it should take at least one month for him to revamp and come back to the rotation for the Mets. Could be a big, big play for the NL East. Yep, even Strasburg, he has a thoracic outlet syndrome. They're gonna progress to live hitters this week. Jesus.
0: This guy's always injured.
1: Who even cares? The, Mar- the Nationals suck. Trade bait. Gary Sanchez mm, has ab tightness. Unsure if he's going to be on the IL. Sonny Gray, hamstring tightness. J- J.D. Martinez is here, but he had an adductor injury. He just missed a weekend series. He was a pinch hitter this weekend. Uh, I mean, he actually started tonight, so he's yeah. okay. He's off the list. Jonathan India's return is possible tomorrow. The Reds need it. Badly, but I but the owner doesn't give a fuck. So yeah, they'll probably they'll probably hang him up for the whole, whole season. They'll probably hang him up for oh the whole. hamstring tightness. Oh,
0: out for season. We're yeah. trading your ass out for season.
1: Yeah. Whatever. In the bases on Friday.
0: We're actually uh we're gonna send you down to Double A.
1: Blake Trinan and Andrew Heaney were placed in the IL last week for shoulder discomfort.
0: Feel bad for Heaney. Two of his best starts of his yeah. career back to back, and he lands on the IL.
1: And then Stephen Quam left yesterday's game versus the Yankees with hamstring tightness. Terry Francona did say it was more of a precautionary thing. That'll be something we'll keep. It, we'll be watching out this week. Okay. And those were ones from last week. And that's order the injuries of the week. <laughs> okay, we maybe need to come with a new name for that. All right. mile of the week, baby.
0: Who's <laughs> your pushing P team? I'll give the moment, but you got the team.
1: Uh, we're going pushing P first or team of the week.
0: Let's do positive all right we'll do positives first. Uh, team of the week. I'll I'll name one then you name one. So catcher Salvador Perez easy choice here. 5 runs, 3 homers, 4 RBIs, 2 walks, hit 350 average, 435 OVP, OBP and a 285 WRC plus led catchers by a lot. So easily catcher of the week.
1: There wasn't there wasn't many catchers this week. Sean Murphy was under consideration. Travis Darno was under consideration. Not many. Um, infielder Ty France from Seattle, been raking seven runs, three home runs, 10 RBIs, two walks, 500 average, 552 on base percentage. Three leading all hitters this week up there with uh, 329 with WRC. plus.
0: Yep, he led the league in WRC. plus. Infielder Luis Arez, Minnesota Twins, four runs, three ribbies, 429 average. A 520 OBP and a 189 WRC plus guy was getting on base and uh, with both hits and walks. So good job by him.
1: Infielder Freddie Freeman revenge series five runs, three home runs, five RBIs, one stolen base, three eighteen average, four twenty three on base percentage in the two thirty WRC plus revenge series for him coming for three K. <laughs> uh,
0: another infielder Manny Machado. Five runs, two homers, four ribbies, three eighty nine average, five twenty two on base percentage, and a two sixty six WRC plus. He's been having a great season so far.
1: He's early on the early team of the year for us right now. He's on the year for the infielders. We got so at the end of the
0: year, we got to name our American League or are we going to do American League and National League combined team of the year for each position? Or we We have to we we have to combined. I hate how they combine or they do National League-specific and American League-specific. Some
1: players players don't deserve – some players aren't bus drivers. So We'll do our full team of the year
0: position, every position, but we'll we'll take away the leagues. We'll just do the whole league.
1: Next, outfielder Byron Buxton, five runs, three home runs, seven RBIs, 538 average, 600 on base percentage with the 317 – wrc plus and he only had he only had 13 at-bats this week (laughs) well like when the guy plays he's elite the problem is he just doesn't play so yeah
0: outfielder cody bellinger is having a bit of a resurgent year three runs three homers including two yesterday on sunday seven ribbies 304 average 304 obp 237 wrc plus good to see well i mean as a neutral good to see him playing well as a t as a fan of a team that theoretically has world series aspirations if bellinger's back on good lord that team becomes even scarier next up who you got
1: next up charlie blackman from colorado four runs two home runs five rbis one stolen base 400 average 500 obp 268 wrc plus big week for colorado won the series versus detroit this weekend as well yeah so no, actually they split. never mind they split i believe right did they play thursday no the yankees no, were no
0: no no it was they lost or sorry um it was they won the series two to three yeah yeah
1: or they won because, one, they, I four. They, they won saturday night because saturday was doubleheader they split saturday and they won yesterday
0: yep um and we'll talk more about colorado next week uh, utility guy, we're going JP Crawford from Seattle. He had three runs, two homers, seven RBIs, 348 average, 429 OBP, and a 237 WRC+. Seattle had a great week. We could have put more Seattle players on here, but ultimately just decided with JP and Ty France. We have, this week we're doing two starting pitchers. I think we're going to do two starting pitchers moving forward just because it's a little difficult because um, a guy could have one good start. There's plenty of guys that have had one good start. Uh, but we actually picked guys that uh, two pitchers that had two good starts this week. Uh, who, who's the first one here,
1: Luis? This is my, pick. my pick was Frankie Montas from Oakland. He had a, a, a start versus Baltimore six innings, two hits, one earned, two walks, five strikeouts, and a five-to-one Oakland win. And then he pitched five days later against Texas. He went seven and a third, three hits, two earned, one walk, eight strikeouts. And a 2-0 win. Oakland surprising
0: early. They're like 9-8. and eight.
1: Hey, We thought they'd be pushing P this year, but... Not yet. Did you see their attendance at some of these games? Oh, it's it's oh. awful. They, 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 I heard they have cats living at the stadium now.
0: Jesus. They say it was like 3,000, but I could count, and there was no way there's 3,000 people at that game.
1: I think that stadium's older than our parents, not going to lie.
0: I want to go there just because it's such a dump. And say I've been there before. They move or
1: get Before they go to Vegas.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to as
1: as Bailey as Bailey Bailey has has been on. Shout out to Bailey. Bailey has texted me every time I text him an A's transaction or an A's win. He's like, "Fuck, we need to move to Las Vegas immediately, please." He wants them to move. Oh, he wants them to move. He wants he he wants that uh, that Newcastle takeover play. Everyone's moving away from Oakland, man. He wants that Newcastle takeover money. He wants. is oakland well, that bad what do you mean well it's it's one of the most think it believe it's one of the most poorest cities in the country oh. it's up in crime rate and the city literally actually shout out to the city they told they told the a's to fuck off when they asked <laughs> yeah them. with the new stadium thing <laughs> like, bro we don't even got no money to pay for our citizens <laughs> like go build your stadium somewhere else we couldn't give a shit
0: fair enough We got to take care of like Obviously, your ballpark should not be on your high list of priorities. My starting pitcher of the week is Eric Lauer. Lower, how do you say it?
1: Yeah, he pitched a gem last night.
0: Yes, from Milwaukee. Uh, he had two starts this week. First was on Monday against Pittsburgh. Six innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk, and five strikeouts and a 6-1 Milwaukee win. And then last night on Sunday Night Baseball, completely shut down Philadelphia. Six innings pitched, five hits, no runs. One walk and 13 strikeouts in a 1 0 Milwaukee win. It's tough being a starting pitcher for the Brewers because you're not going to get much run support. And uh, luckily, he was able to, well, not really on Sunday, but uh, on Monday he did and pitched in two Milwaukee wins. And I just picked him up for my fantasy team.
1: Yeah, uh, cool. Um, Reliever of the week, uh, Michael King. Three innings versus Cleveland, one hit, eight strikeouts, seven straight, one short of the franchise record. face ten batters. Yep, and now,
0: he was like a minor league guy last year, up and down. Um, but he's been great for us this year. Our bullpen's been great for us. So,
1: yeah, y'all, are deep. y'all got y'all got a pitcher I like in the pen too, Clark Schmidt. I like Clark. He he'll
0: be a starter at some yeah. point.
1: Um, Hitter and pitcher of the week is pretty much unanimous. Ty France and Eric Lauer.
0: And then our team, physical team of the week, was the Mets. Went five and two, uh, won the series against the Giants three games to one, and then I think they won two of three against Arizona. Yeah, yeah. They should have swept their ass, but still, yeah. the Mets have been hot starting out the season. They have they have had an easy schedule to be fair, but they're
1: doing the thing, man. Buck Walter, man.
0: Yeah, that's an underrated aspect of the Mets this year is they got a real manager in there.
1: They do. They they don't have some some dumb dude back there.
0: Honorable mentions for teams of the week: the Cardinals had a good week. Miami, like you said, and then the Yankees also had a great week. And now it is time for our pushing P team.
1: Team is the freaking Reds, man. I cannot stand my my buddy Alex. Always hitting me up. Hey, you watching the Reds game? And I'm like, yes. And it's like, hey, man, we could probably split this week. We could probably. <laughs> we could probably win two or three games this week versus San Diego and Colorado, but I'm like, no, they're terrible. I can't watch this team, man. They're so bad. Phil Castellani is probably one of the worst owners in sports. They lost 11 consecutive games after on opening day, he was interviewed by the local NBC affiliate. And he said like fans are like, after they traded Jesse Winker, and Eugenio Suarez, which is a salary dump to get off of Eugenio Suarez's contract. Well, now Eugenio Suarez is now hitting lights out of the ball over in Seattle. Of course. <laughs> He's hitting the lights out in the ball in Seattle. And he was like, hey, um, they literally the report asked him, like, what are you like? Hey, fans are mad. What's going on? Like, And he literally, literally on the newscast said to the fans, where else are you going to go? Because they're literally cost-cutting. And he literally like, yeah, where is he going to go? Like, he does not care about the fans. And Nick Castellanos actually came out this week on a podcast. Um, I sent it to you if you have the name of the podcast. I want to give them credit. He came on and talked about his free agency experience this this offseason and essentially said that the Reds never called – him during free agency. Never did, never did after having, after being the best player on the team, being an all star, didn't call him. And Castellanos and his wife and family and his son were very, very big components of the Cincinnati community and all literally came out and said that they love Cincinnati. Like it's probably one of the most favorite stops they've had in the MOB, like willing to stay on the shit team. And they did not call the front office. Didn't call. And he, he was very offended by it. He was like, like, I understand that you guys are cost cutting. He knows that team wasn't trying to save payroll, but he literally was like, you guys couldn't like call me and say, offer me something just to like, see if, you know, we can make money work. Like he, he knew, like he literally goes on the podcast and says, I understand that they're cost cutting and just I just get it but like at least give me an offer and I can see if it's worth my value.
0: Yeah, that was the the Chris Rose rotation podcast.
1: And and it's sad because they're one of the most storied franchises
0: in baseball. Like we said last week, they have a great history. They have a great fan base. It's a great city to play baseball and when they're good they're Fans will show out. They got hey, a great
1: stadium. One of the nicest stadiums I've been to. They do. Honestly, a great place to catch a game. And I mean, I just don't know, man. It's it's tough out here sometimes. Three lines. I feel like they're going to be our pushing P team quite often. I mean, the only reason, bro, I swear to God, I was on on I was on uh Friday, I was at the gym and like I understand the red stink, but like The only reason people were like, they were on Apple TV on Friday, which was a draw. And like, literally I was watching girls that I don't know that still are in college or that graduated college that do not know a jack shit about sports or give a shit about baseball going to the Reds game to watch Hunter Green. Like I'm dead serious. And we're not talking like two or three going to the game. We were talking like 10. I literally saw like three snapchats of like groups of females Going to watch a Reds game on a Friday night. People care about baseball there. No, but these these are all transplants. Like they were going to go watch Apple TV broadcast Hunter Green. And he didn't have a great start. But but that's what I'm saying. That's the only draw to the team. He brings females to the game. <laughs> he yeah. brings them to the yard, as they say.
0: Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. They lost three to San Diego and lost two of three to St. Louis and moved to three and 13 on the season. They are going to be featured quite a lot.
1: What, what, what's your thought on that? of Hunter green, bringing them to the yard.
0: I don't have many opinions. He's the only reason I watch the reds. I tune into his starts and that's it. They, they're terrible. Yeah,
1: exactly. He brings it to the yard.
0: Okay. Um, my team of our pushing P moment of the week, it was actually a game that I was at. That's
1: cool.
0: um, the Yankees had the bases loaded in the first and I believe it was Josh Donaldson hit a sky-high pop-up about two feet in front of the catcher and the ball drops between the catcher Tucker Barnhart and the pitcher <laughs> a, a little infield hit uh I, as the ball was in the air I could I saw Barnhart who by the way is a
1: gold glove catcher backpedaling oh, no. I saw the backspin on the ball which Time out, time out. Before we continue on the backspin, we actually start, saw Tucker Barnhart get his gold glove in person.
0: <laughs> that is true. Uh, we, I came down to Cincy in college. Yeah, and he was awarded his gold glove at the game we're at. And I still have the Tucker Barnhart gold glove bobblehead in my room, actually.
1: That's, that should be the that should be the thumbnail of the podcast. Like on Instagram, that should be the thumbnail.
0: Yes, Tucker Barnhart bobblehead. But anyway, the ball was backspinning, and I, I say to my friend that I went to the game with, I'm like, yeah, th- he's dropping this, he's dropping this, he's dropping this. Sure enough, drops right in between them. It was embarrassing. And the Yankees scored two runs off of that. And those two runs actually won the Yankees the game because they ended up winning 4-2. to two. And on top of that, the Tigers, Spencer Torkelson, at first base, dropped two routine foul ball pop-ups in this game. One was really ugly. It was, he was camped under it, and he just backspin, dropped
1: it. Oh, no. no. We, we do not accept Spencer Torkelson's slander. I'm, not, I'm just saying what happened. That's, that's then, hilarious. Another one is the t- the Tigers
0: pitcher spiked a ball about five feet in front of the mound.
1: <laughs>
0: I think it was an injury because he came out of the game. But the Tigers really look like a little league team for, for moments in that game. So that, that's my pushing P moment of the week. It was who's, a,
1: who's, a the man- it. who's the
0: manager? AJ Hinch. Oh, buzzer dude. Yes. So I have Tiger friends from Detroit, and they're they they've been trying to reason with me. Um, <laughs> they're like they're trying to defend AJ Hinch but
1: that's some pure Michigan shit right there
0: even my grandmother was reading articles in the newspaper trying to defend the guy saying he, how he's got his act together blah blah I'm like yeah whatever
1: that's some, that's some, Michigan, some Michiganders shit right there
0: Bo Bichette just hit a grand slam they're up 6-2 against the Red Sox bottom 8
1: so now we're going to go random quick hitters to end Casey Connect uniforms rate them 1-10 8.5 they're pretty. I like the midnight. I was thinking seven, seven to eight. They're decent. I like them. I, I wouldn't go buy I, I I wouldn't go buy them. Like, no, I like, would not
0: go buy them. I wish they did more of that baby blue.
1: I do like the, the space cities, space cities actually broke like records at the Astros team store. Supposedly,
0: wow. I like Casey's better. I like space city better, but personally, I'll, we'll better. have to disagree to on that one.
1: And before we talk about this preview for next week, the week man, we got to talk expansion. You guys got some expansion. Nashville is about to get a
0: team. I'm um, well, not about to, but it's rumored.
1: Dave Stewart is leading the charge. He has two billion dollars he can raise up. Manfred has previously said two point two billion is the benchmark to reach. Personally, I think it'd be great for the game because there's a real lack of a franchise in the southeast. Cause if you look about it in like a lot of the major baseball markets in such as Alabama, Mississippi, North Carolina, Arkansas, there's not really a team between you're either a Cardinals fan or a Braves fan or there's you're no- a college baseball fan, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, but there's nothing in between. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no team to support. There's not like a team to go look at. And I think that'd be nice if like we can get a team up in Nashville That'd be a great spot. And maybe as a second one, maybe Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. But, I mean, uh, I don't think it's going to get a lot of run. I think Montreal would get more pop into it. I think the MLB
0: says they have 30 teams now. Before they expand with a brand-new franchise, they want to move, most likely, Oakland, but would probably go to Vegas, and then Tampa Bay, like you said, Montreal maybe. Back and get a franchise back in Montreal. they we'll
1: do the 50-50 thing, but I think that's stupid as hell.
0: No, they they, they ruled that out, actually. I remember reading that. That's not going to be a thing. Oh, my days. But I mean, So my, my take on Tampa is, like, they've had a contender for the past three years, whatever. They've been the best team in the American League. Yeah, the- and no one cares. No one goes to the games anyway. There's no one there at all. So. I normally I feel bad for teams that or for fans that lose their team to expansion. But for Tampa, it's like, sorry. I mean, you guys have, have had a top team for years and you guys don't show out to support them. So I can can you blame
1: them for moving? I mean, I can't. And my thing is for the A's also talking about them is like, I would feel bad, but at the same time, it's kind of like, there's from a corporate aspect playing devil's advocate, There's not really many opportunities for them to to gain from a corporate aspect fan-wise because San Francisco kind of runs – like the Giants kind of have that market. They kind of all that Silicon Valley market. So I think it's kind of best for the franchise to move to Vegas, even though I would like them to stay in Oakland. But I just don't think San Francisco has – like they do have enough money in corporations, but I don't think a lot of Silicon Valley people are going to be watching a, a poverty team. Like they're gonna be watching a cheap team, they're gonna wanna watch the giants.
0: And Vegas has been popping off as a city. You know, they got the Raiders now. Uh they have the Knights who are new. There's been rumored that the NBA is gonna try to expand to Vegas. Now we we have Oakland.
1: We gotta do a poll poll after this. Should I go to a Las Vegas 51s game this week? I'm gonna the 51s like sell out. They their attendance is crazy. I'm going to Vegas this week for the draft. And uh I'm going with some boys. I- I'm wondering if we should I should go to pop into a 51s game. Who's their, their their affiliate? I, I'm pretty sure it's the, the A's. I thought it was, at one point I thought it yeah, it is
0: the A's. There's a triple A affiliate. So that's another question because if Nashville gets a team, they currently have the Nashville Sounds. What happens to the triple A teams in that same city? Do they stay there? Or do they move? Do they change probably-
1: affiliates? Well, they can do something like uh they can do something like they do with uh like atlanta does something like that do they move the triple a team to oakland <laughs> no, no, no no atlanta has a uh, whatchamacallit the uh oh, oh frick they have the uh they have uh they have the braves and then they have the Gwinnett braves that's one of their their is, Gwinn- their-
0: is Gwinnett in uh Oh yeah, it is in suburban Atlanta.
1: It's suburban, so they would just probably do something like that, or just just move them to Reno. Reno already has a team. That's what I was thinking. Interesting. And like so, Charlotte, Charlotte too. They have the uh, they have a Triple A team. I've actually gone to their stadium. Like I haven't been inside, but it is a very nice stadium. They're the White Sox affiliate. I'm not gonna lie, it's a very very nice stadium. Yeah. For a final league team, it's nicer than the. Uh, uh, AutoZone part for the Red, Redbirds. Really, the yes. Red, the Redbirds have a really good minor league team. But you know, that's 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 mainly it for the week. Though, I mean, we kind of agree that like, expansion, something interesting, we'll keep an eye on. Like, I don't. It's a bunch of talk right now. There's not much substance. Like, how many times it's
0: until the top of that? Like, the A's are a team that we've seen move twice in their franchise history. You know, they were the Philadelphia A's for 50 years. Then they moved to Kansas City for 12. They've been in Oakland since 1968, but they're one of the franchises that has bounced around. So we'll see. Okay, uh, what about top series of
1: the week before we get out? Top series of the week, I'm going to run through it quick. The TBS game of the week is Mets-St. Louis, which they are playing right now. Then we got the Battle for the Bay. San Francisco is going to Oakland for a two-game set starting tomorrow and Wednesday. Boston and, and uh, we got an AL East tilt with the Red Sox going up to Toronto. Just, uh, I didn't look this up, but I think Boston is fully vaccinated, I assume. Yeah. We have oh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Saint, uh, then we also have Seattle going to Tampa. They're going to do a Florida tilt. They're going to uh, Tampa Tuesday or Thursday, and then they're uh, taking the flight Thursday night and heading out to Miami they're playing the Marlins for the weekend set. That's,
0: that's my favorite series of the week. I'll be, I'll,
1: I'll, if, if I have time, if I'm not doing other activities in Vegas, I'll, I may go watch them at the sports sportsbook. Uh, then we got Phillies versus the Mets, which will be the MLB game of the week on Sunday night. And then the Astros go to the Blue Jays Friday to Sunday.
0: They played last weekend. Toronto took two of three. Apple TV games.
1: Is dog water. Royals, Yankees, and – Giants Nationals. Oh god, who's tuned into that game? Bro, they had the Rangers the A's. When I tuned in, it was already like five. 0 Rangers. I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. Yeah, that
0: that's not worth it.
1: But yeah, you know, those are those aren't like the series. I mean Seattle, Tampa will be nice. Seattle, Miami will be nice. Um, yeah, but there'll be some interesting series to watch. Uh, I assume. Need a big need a
0: big week from the Yankees again, beat up on the bad teams. Beat the Orioles win the series against the uh Oriole, uh Royals, whatever. Um yeah, that, that's kind of the podcast. You got anything else or get out of here?
1: I mean, it's gonna be a good week in baseball, hopefully. Hopefully, I can hit the sports book up in Vegas and I can tune into some games without having to use my my services that I use on the normal daily basis to watch baseball. When do you get back? Uh Monday morning.
0: Okay.
1: I, I get in Monday at 5 a.m. so oh Jesus. Well, I guess we'll be back next week for another recap. Then another recap, you know, another 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 week around the bases.
0: Yeah, and well, next week will be our uh, jump to conclusions. So we'll kind of get a try to talk about the teams that some of the teams that we haven't talked about. I guess you could say. But hey, uh,
1: Reds World Series champions.
0: Yeah, Reds are going to be our probably going to be our pushing P champions this year. Uh, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We had fun making it. We'll be back next week. Luis, have fun in Vegas. Come back in one piece, please. We'll we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace.